Well, welcome to this breakout session. I'm Matthew George Mulavelan. If you see my name as Matthew Mulavelan, uh, it's a long name, but uh, my people call me Matthew. I'm known officially as Matthew George. Now, you may wonder why does my name say Matthew George Mulavelan, because my passport has the name Matthew George Mulavelan. And so my visa also says Matthew Mulavelan. And, and hence, I have to introduce myself with my official, uh, official name. I am a dentist by profession, and I'm very proud to be a dentist because I believe God is also a dentist. I've got a Bible verse to prove that. Can you tell me which Bible verse could it be? <laughs> the Bible says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Yeah, so that's what I do. <laughs> okay, right. So that's why I'm proud to be a dentist. I work for, as a dentist, as a dental missionary up in the north part of India. But if you ask me, introduce me, introduce myself as who I am, I'm an Indian bird with an African walk and a universal language. I am ethnically and culturally an Indian, but I grew up in, in Africa, in Ethiopia, uh, and I speak the universal language of love. I think we know that language. All of us know that language. Okay. We've experienced it and we live it. Okay. Now, and I worked as a dental missionary along with my wife. She too is a dentist. And uh, we worked up in the north of India, right on the Nepal border for 26, 20 years. And then for the next six years with, this, with the same organization, I went into teaching and training in missions and, uh, and aspects of the kingdom of God in healthcare. And last year, just before the pandemic, or right at the point of the pandemic, uh, God asked, me to, asked both of us to move on. And this organization that now I'm heading is, was founded at the point the pandemic was announced. A very wonderful time to start an organization. But God, in his humor, knew what he was doing because it was during the pandemic a lot of the training materials that we now have offer uh, have, were de- developed. And so I'm grateful to the Lord for the pandemic. Otherwise, I would not have been, we would not have been able to develop these programs. So one of these programs is is the what, what we've got, I'm going to share with you about. I'm just giving you a taster, because I'll tell you more about this. But a bit about, about their organization. Uh, I wonder what's happening. Our organization is known Companions of Grace. We would like to com- be companions, journey with people in healthcare. Uh, and we want to challenge, train, and empower healthcare professionals to be on mission for God. Because for me, over the 26 years of working in the mission hospital, I had to relearn a lot of things. I had to unlearn a lot of things. And I had to learn afresh many things. And I looked back and I said, I, I, the act of mission is something that we do, but has to come out from the mind of mission. So we need to re-inform, re-perspectize our minds as we go and serve God in the different contexts that God calls us to. You know, today, you may be called to work in a certain context. Tomorrow, a few years down the line, you may be called to go and work in a rural area, like how I did. I worked in one of the most uh, you know, medically depraved parts of our country. But many of my friends continue to be in cities. But each one of us, we can be on mission for God, and that's what we believe as com- companions of grace, and uh, I don't know why this is not working. 
Just give me a time, please. Okay. Uh, our vision is that the global healthcare community pursuing God's kingdom and engaging with God's mission in their daily lives and workplaces. That's a picture that we, my friends and myself, my team members have, is that every single Christian healthcare professional, whether you're a doctor, a pharmacist, a nurse, or someone who's working within a healthcare context, you be on mission, I be on mission for God. And how do we, what do we see as our mission? That COG will inspire and equip Christians in healthcare to form and launch transformed and vibrant communities that are on mission for God. That's what we'd like to see. We'd like to see that you and I, wherever God places us, we become a community of people. As healthcare professionals, we are community. We, we inherently are a community. You're a nurse, a doctor, uh, or, a, or, a, or a pharmacist who works in community with, uh, with one another. You're a community in yourself. Are you a transformed individual? Are you a community that comes together? That's what we want to teach you to see, and that's our vision. In India, our approach is organic. We have many connections with different individuals, different churches, different organizations. But globally, we, would, we work with partnerships and agencies that are involved in healthcare. So we work with an organization here called the TMS Global. You can see and meet us at 1309, the store there. We also work in Africa. And in Africa, we work with an organization called CAPRO, uh, Calvary Ministries. Have you heard of CAPRO? Yes. So uh, CAPRO is our official partner, and we work through them. So we don't want to establish our presence, but we want to partner. We want to come alongside, serve. And uh, we have as part of our portfolio, we've got five portfolios. I'm not going going into that. You want to know more about it, you can come and meet me personally or uh, Dr. Abraham. And we'll tell you more about what we do as an organization. But today here in in this session, we're talking about uh, the Academy of Missional Healthcare. We've got a program, a series of programs, a bouquet of programs, as I say, uh, on mission and training people, preparing people to be in missions. Mission. And here, the first one is what we'll be talking today is a formational course. And it's an intense residential missional healthcare course for graduating students and young professionals uh, in healthcare. But the other programs that we have is for Taster. It's a one-day missional Taster for healthcare students that opens a window to the missional perspective of understanding. You know, when you get into a medical school or a nursing school, uh, you, you know, I was talking to Valerie before she became a medical student. She had this heart for missions. But when you get into medical school, what we, we believe is that in your first day, you're excited of what God has done in your, in your life. You're there, or you get, get, get into a nursing program. You're excited. But you also, it's good to take a day off and understand what God is doing in this world and how, how God has been rolling out his story across the, whole, uh, the years that were before us and what he plans to do in the years ahead of us. And so that one-day one missions taster, and then, of course, we've got what we call M-Trail. A lot of young people like to go on a mission trip. Right? 
And some of them go for four, a week, some of them go for three weeks. When I was in the hospital that I was, as I was working and then ended up as director of the hospital, we had many people come, many young individuals come from, or groups come from different countries. We had people from Africa, we had, you know, different parts of Africa. We had people from Australia, UK, and all of them were elective students. And they come in. We've had wonderful uh, you know, uh, talk, you know, engagements with them, conversations. We shared our lives with them. They took a lot of photos. So, you know, uh, my photo is in many of their albums. But what, I re- what we realized is that apart from that, there was nothing further that happened in their lives. Uh, I'm a person who loves to keep in touch with people. And I've tried to reach out to some of them. And I believe that because they're busy and life takes on a, you know, its normal course of things for them, never got to hear back from them. And even when I've been to their places, I've realized they've moved on into life, but they've not really gone on further with understanding of taking up anything that they learned when they were here with us. And that's why we've put this M-Trail program. Because rather than making it with a term that some of us have coined mission tourism, you go to be a tourist and come back, you need to have a mission engagement. So this is a program where we give an individual or a, a group logbook to follow through, and there are specific things that they're expected to do, and they're encouraged to do as they spend 10 to 15 or 20 days within a missional context. So when they leave, they leave with not just having had a wonderful you know, encounter with people working in a missional context, but we make them think as to why people are doing what they're doing in that place. What's the history of the place? What are the things that you have learned for yourself at the end of each day of encounter with, with a staff or with a patient or a patient relative or even the community that you go into? So that's a 10-day program, more details of which you can get from us at the store. But I'm going to focus on this program, the formational course. We look at it as a formational course. It forms your mind. As I said earlier, you go into missions unless you have a, a fresh mind, a perspective, the right worldview, you can go in and, act, do, and be involved in the act of mission. But then, at the end of five, seven years, when you look back, have you really been on mission for God? So here, this is what we're looking at. Its uh, aim is to mobilize, equip, and build disciples amongst health professionals for the extension of God's kingdom. It's, it's a discipleship program. It's a discipling program. It's not a discipleship program. It's a discipling program. It's the formation course as an eight-module intensive missional healthcare course. And it's built on a mentorship and collaborative program. I'll give, give you details more about it. The course design is ideal for students and healthcare professionals in the early years of their course. And practice. Because once you get into your practice... The demands of practice are so huge that you may not have the time to really give for eight days and come in and see how God wants to touch your lives, impact your thinking, influence the way you, you make choices. So that's why we said early in your, pra- early in your life, if you come and do this course, uh, it will help you. It's a seven-day residential course in English. It will introduce the concept of missions establishing a biblical foundation and providing a missional perspective, worldview, and lifestyle. So when you, when you develop that perspective, when you have that worldview, and when you embrace that lifestyle, 
you start making an impact wherever God puts you. You may not go ever into a rural area, but in the context where you are, when you have this worldview, you can make a difference. This morning when they were talking about go, one of the things that God wants us to real wants you wants us to understand is the world has become global. It's become pluralistic. People from every nation and every tribe is found in most of the countries of the world. So the world is coming to our doorstep. And how do we approach them? Now we'll come to that. I'll talk more about that. The objective and purpose of this course is I'd like Dr. Abraham to read these points to us, Lord. It provides frameworks and principles of integral participation in God's grand narrative. God is doing a big thing. There's a big story about God. There's a grand narrative. From the time he created the universe and right through the story of the fall and then Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection and the, and the story of redemption to the consummation, and his second coming, there is a grand narrative God is writing. And you and I, our small stories, ought to fit into that grand narrative. Just as David's story fit into it. Isaiah's story fit into it. David Livingston's story fit into the grand narrative of God. God wants to write his history through the narrative of your life and my life. So that's one thing we would, we, we teach, that's there in that program. Provides principles for missional engagement as healthcare provider. There are different ways you can engage in missions. But as a healthcare provider, how do you engage? There are some principles. We'll give you the principles. We'll not tell you you must do this or this is how you ought to do it. These are some of the principles. And we learn that from the lives of people who have gone ahead of us. And we also learn it through the scriptures. And then we also learn it through the life of Christ. So these are some of the modules that you will, that's there in this program. But at the end of it, how do we engage missionally as a healthcare worker? It challenges their present understanding of culture and worldview so as to align them to a biblical worldview. Each of us, we are influenced by varied voices over the years of our, of our uh, growing up, our families, their worldview, the neighborhoods that you and I grow in, the cultures that we come from, the nation that we belong to, and of course the education that you and I have. Medical school, dental schools, nursing schools all give you a certain culture of, uh, that, that's there around them. Nurses have a certain culture. Dentists have a certainly, they've got a very unique culture, you know. They, dentists are unique as, as individuals. But then each of us, with these cultures, the influences that are upon us, it shapes us, shapes our worldview. But here, what we, in this program, we tell you, we, te- we show you that there are different cultures, there are different worldviews. How do you understand each of these cultures and worldviews? What is a biblical worldview? How do you align your worldview? your perspectives to the biblical worldview. Have a biblical worldview and engage culturally. That's what, these are some of the principles we, we share through this program. It pro- yes? Provide a clear understanding to their vocational calling as missional healthcare Usually there's its topic is mission, calling and vocation. But here we call it vocational calling. Now you may ask me, what is vocational calling? 
Please come. Be part of what we want to train you with. You will get a great better understanding of what vocational calling is all about. But let's go further up. What are the principles and guidelines that we use? Why is this program... Why is it unique to go through this sort of training, or this sort of uh, missional healthcare course? One is, it's a problem-based and active learning program. A lot of the medical studies or nursing studies that we go through now are problem-based. They put, put cases before you, and they ask you to apply your anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, and your pathology into, those, into, into that case study. And that's how, in many countries, that's how the teaching has moved to. And so here also we use a similar principle. Now we give you case studies. And how do you apply the principles that you've learned over these modules and, apply them and use them in the context that God may be placing you as we give case studies and case histories and ask you to engage with them. The next one is uh, we learning in context. Sorry, learning in context. So most of our programs that we seek to do are in missional context. Why? Because you come out from the comfort zones of your institutions, your hostels, your homes, and we take you into a place where you, know, you learn, you see the context of how people are engaging cross-culturally or engaging in, uh, in communities that are disadvantaged or you, you're put into a place where they're working in areas where, that are marginalizing, for example, uh, one of our contexts, we have it in an in, in HIV, uh, uh, what you call acute care center. That's where the training is done. So in that acute care center, how do they be on mission? How do they express missions in that context? So we put you, we, we, this learning context is in such a, such a, a location. There are group discussions, role plays, journaling that you're, that has done through this course. So this, we never will Put you through a didactic session, but it'll be presentations, small presentations, and then you'll be asked to do role plays. There's a lot of journaling you have to do, and also uh, group discussions. Uh, one of the one of the role plays that we did recently was uh, in, was was a case study where we asked a group of students, "You are going to, you're getting a call to go to uh, a very rural area. Your parents and you have lived." in the city. How will you communicate that? What are the principles that you will share with your parents that have impacted and made you make this decision? And as, they were share, as this role play was going on, the mother, the father, the daughter, they were, they were talking to each other and saying, oh, God has spoken to me because he has a preferential bias to the poor and I believe I need to go and work in this rural area. As the conversation went, within two minutes, the father and mother in the role play, they were tearing. The, the daughter was tearing. And so also all of us. And suddenly at the end of this, they all came up and said, this did not only just move us, but it made us understand that we might have a similar conversation with our parents. And it has made us realize, though it may be difficult, we need to learn how to stand on the principles that God has taught us. So these are some of the role plays that we, help, we sort of engage with them. And then we, of, co of course, uh, quickly go critical thinking, self-directed learning. It's a mentorship. So every participant will be, t uh, will be connected with one of the faculties, and they will spend time with them outside the learning sessions, at tea, during, during evening walks, 
And this is why. Why do we do this? Because everyone who is part of this program needs to be, become a family and learn from each other and encourage each other. We also have disorienting dilemmas. I thought, what would this do to me when I went to this course? And I said, disorienting dilemmas. But for me, I had a certain understanding of a certain aspect of missions. And when my mentor told me, this is how God works, I said, it's totally different from the way I thought. You're leaving me confused. But as we discussed and as we sat with, group, with the other members of the group and as we continued to discuss on this topic, this dilemma was interestingly encouraging for me. Because not only did it challenge my thinking, but it also helped me to develop a new understanding of missions that I never had before. And of course, we had the environment of openness and vulnerability. Not only do we talk about issues that were in the modules, but we get to know each other. And many of the young medical and dental students that I engaged with during one of the courses, many of them opened up their lives and the struggles that they went through. And to be able to engage with them and to tell them they're, they're on a journey, we are on a journey, let's walk together. So this course is not just about missions, it's about sharing life. So I'd, I'd invite you to come and be part of it. The modules are missional overview. As I mentioned, there's a grand picture God is drawing. So we, look, we share with you we, uh, that, that program talks about, that module talks about the missional overview of God, missional identity. Many of us, we have embraced an identity over the years. And especially as healthcare professionals, we often think unknowingly our identity is tied around our profession. But I want to ask you a question. This is one of the questions we ask in this module. And I throw it to you. Are you a Christian who happens to be a healthcare professional? Or are you a healthcare professional who happens to be a Christian? What do you think? It's not just a play of terms, but think very carefully. Are you a Christian who happens to be a healthcare professional? Or are you a healthcare professional who happens to be a Christian? What do you think? First one. Christian who happens to be. Oh, wait, wait, what about the second one? It's. Pardon? You're a Christian first. Your identity is? Christ. But then if the nurse doesn't call you doctor in an African context, what does the doctor feel? Insulted. Huh? Insulted. Do you see? Where is our identity? Profession. In the profession. And you are maybe the elder of the church. So do you see where it is? The subtle identities that we embrace. And that's where we need, you need to have a change of view. In the U.S., I don't think it's much of an issue. You call each other names and you know, the professional hierarchy is not as marked as in many other cultures, especially in the cultures of the East and uh, of, the, of Asia and Africa. People feel offended. Because why? The identity is there. So when we talk about a new identity, then of course, vocational call, worldview and culture and missional healthcare worker. It's a whole four modules. Most of these modules are four-hour lessons each. But as I said, we use all those principles 
and there's not much much of didactic sessions it's more of engaging sessions discussions group 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 and role plays we have perspective in medical missional engagements i'll give you a taster of this here and then we also talk about missional health through the life of christ looking at jesus's life the principles we draw from how he went on mission what were the characteristics the nature the context of his mission what principles that can we draw from christ's life and we then see we place it before the students and then we say okay what are the principles you can draw into your lives we don't and that's the interesting thing of it many of them come out as we share the life of christ they themselves bring out principles and so each time we do these programs the new perspectives that come out because everyone has something to share from their experience as they study the life of Christ there's missional healthcare at shalom and medical ethics and the missional christian now go from here i'll just say what is the formational course's outcome it gives you a new vision we want you to have a new vision the vision of the kingdom of god the second is you want to have you want to have a new perspective to who you are to what you god wants to do with your life a new perspective on how do you engage with people of different cultures and how do you live that life on mission so also talks about a lifestyle there are some things we have to choose not to do and some things we choose to do the bible talks about moses by faith moses decided not to be known as the son of pharaoh there was a choice here to make now think about if moses hadn't decided to choose that what would he have been can you think can you imagine if moses had not chosen to deny being the child son the son of uh, pharaoh what would have happened can you imagine he would have been pharaoh and maybe a mummy with the tag pharaoh moses in the in the british national museum right but you see he becomes history he becomes part of god's history because there was a choice to give up lifestyle choices of missions require us to give up some things and to embrace new things and we we hope we pray that by the end of this course you will look at a new lifestyle a new world view a different world view a biblical world view we hope to empower you to strategically think this morning if you heard the session by and the speaker the plenary speaker was talking about strategy and did you see the two streets three strategies bible biblical literacy the bible being there in every nation people believers in every people group and then churches in every every community that's a strategy similarly as we go through this program we hope and pray that god will give you the strategy he has for your lives which you draw in listening to the holy spirit and engaging with 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 word god's word and what you've learned during the course now i'm going to put you through a taster um let me see who who could i talk to okay um do you have a bible with you and on the on the on the on the mobile no. yes yeah yeah okay can you read aloud if exodus chapter 3 beginning from the fourth verse you're in this perspectives of missional healthcare module 
Okay. Perspectives of missional engagement. Now I'm taking you into that module. And this is the beginning of the first interaction you have with me as a facilitator in this course. And I'm asking one of the participants to read Exodus, Exodus chapter 3 verses 4 onwards. Yeah, take your time, no problem. Yes, go ahead, go ahead. And Moses said, here I am. Can you speak a bit louder so the folks at the... You've got a wonderful voice, so let them hear your beautiful voice. Okay. Uh, when the Lord saw that he had gone over... Oh, wait. Yeah. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. Um, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Okay. Very familiar passage, right? Have you read, have you heard that passage before? Yes, everyone has heard that passage. You've read it. You've heard the story, right? You've engaged with it now. In this, what we do in the, in the, what I would have asked, because of the lack of time, I didn't ask you to read it again, but you've read it once. Now, this is the next question. How would you do that? You are three sheep. You've listened to this conversation of Moses and with God. How would you evaluate and repeat the conversation to each other? What do you think? Anyone wants to try? I don't think they would get the core message. Uh-huh. They would wonder why some grass wasn't given to them. Uh, or or uh, hopeful, hopeful that the burning bush didn't destroy some good food. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Just the, the context would just be their own. Their own context. Sheep. Yeah, sheep's context. Okay, that's one. Anyone else would try? Anything else? How about you? Would you like to... to us. We will be shepherdless. Yeah, who will take care of us? You know, and one group said, why is God, why did God burn in this bush? There were other sheep and there were other shepherds. They should have burnt it there. We are so 
we love this shepherd. He's a wonderful guy. Why does God want to take him away from us? But isn't that the conversations that happen when we are called by God? Why do you want me, God? You've come the wrong bush. It's not me you really need to look for. See, So these are some of the things that we talk about. And so how do you engage with these things? They look at the character of God. Yeah, he's, And one sheep, you know, one of the students said, oh, one of the sheep said, he was one of the sheep. And he said, oh yeah, God is such a concerning, God is concerned. He's so much of, uh, in pain about what's happening. I, I, don't want, I wonder why he's not worried about our pain. So this, as we start engaging with these issues, it starts opening up a world into, in before you. You start thinking differently. And then in here, this is session one of this. Then we begin this rising cries of a hurting nation. Now I'm going to take the Kenyan example. We just came back from Kenya. And this is a Kenyan example. Students in Kenya, they interact with this, so we put it for Kenya. So if you're from uh, Bolivia, we'll have to look at the Bolivian, I mean, uh, Ecuadorian example. Okay, Bolivia, Bolivian example. But let's look at this now. I'm, I'm skipping this, but here. What hurts me most? In small groups, discuss. And in three sentences, share. What are the pains and struggles that my community faces? And, one of, and interestingly, when this was done in Rwanda, all of them talked about the genocide. And this is, that was a struggle. And then I said, ask them, what exactly are the issues? And then they were talking about the genesis of the genocide. And so the next question that was asked is, how do you respond to those issues that began, you know, that fermented the genocide? And all of them said, it's difficult to talk. And I said, do you think God was in all this? Did he know this? Was he aware of it? And for half of them, it was not easy to say God was aware of it. But for the other half, they said God was aware and he was in it. But the reality is God is in it even when he hurts seeing what happens. So, then I said, and then as in this program, in this, in this part of this session, we look at different aspects of, uh, of uh, a nation that's hurting. Not to, we, don't, we, we would also like to draw the attention of young people to issues that they read, but they may not engage with. So one aspect is migration. The world is dealing with migration. Your country here, the U.S., there are a lot of people migrating into this nation. You go to Uganda. There's a... Where are you from, brother? Nigeria. Nigeria, okay. But if you go to Uganda and you go to Kenya, outside Nairobi, there's a huge refugee uh, camp. And people have been there for more than 10 years. And people have migrated. What is the issue with migration? These are people, workers, who moved from one part of, of Kenya to the another part of Kenya. And they're people who have crossed from Congo into Kenya for work because of the economic situations in their country. And these are some of the issues. Alcoholism and addictions. Stress leading to depression. Sexual misadventure. Suicidal tendencies to emotional outbursts. Loneliness and inferiority complex. 
Let me ask them. I want to ask you. When you see a migrant worker in your community, what is your first reaction? What do you think? Are you from Abuja or Lagos? Sometimes anger. Anger, why? You just feel that coming to your space. Oh, yes. Yes. Causing insecurity. Insecurity, demographic change. Crime. Yeah, crime, yeah. But do you, do you see this is how God looks at them? And how do we look at them? Yes? Yeah, sympathy, compassion. But do you see them as people like this? So this is a rising cry of, 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 a, of a nation. You also see this. Human trafficking. Our country, my country, India, has the largest human trafficking percentage in the world. I lived on the border to Nepal. My hospital, the hospital I worked in was five minutes from the border. I still remember a story, an anecdote that happened. My wife and myself, we were traveling. You could cross a border without a passport easily. And I was on this cycle rickshaw. You've seen these cycle, you know, you've seen these uh, three-wheeler vehicles which people, you know, human pedaling. And that's, that's how many people make their living. And so I was traveling back into, Nepal, into uh, India from Nepal. And the police stopped us. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm the director of the hospital. Okay. He stopped me and he says, who's this lady next to you? And my wife, she looks much younger than me. Okay. And she's much prettier than I am. So he says, who's this? I said, this is my wife. And he said, I didn't ask you. I am asking her. Who are you? Where are you from? And I said, I, she said, I'm from Duncan Hospital. I'm the dentist there. Oh, okay, okay, go. And then as, as I said, why did you stop us? He says, in this last one hour, we stopped five girls who were being transported. So do you see, this is human trafficking. Do we know about that? We read about it. But when it's in our doorstep, are we engaged with it? That's a cry of God. Cry of God for people who are displaced, who are, who, who are being trafficked. And so, this is a, what is human trafficking? means of human trafficking. Because many people don't know about this. In all medical, you know, in, in, in all professions, one of the cream of society, you are there, you're being trained to address human suffering, you're being equipped to take care of people who go through pain and sorrow. But this is one that our communities face. Do you think it's not there in the US, human trafficking? I, I love to see this um, uh, border patrol. It's it's a it's it's a program, and you see how people are trafficked from France to to the UK, and the inhuman conditions that they go through and the way they're treated. God is interested in this. The Human Development Index. Many young people don't know what the Human Development Index stands for. So it's here we teach them and share with them some of the challenges of a community or the country faces. This is Kenya's Human Development Index. And this is the health challenges. 
And where are 68%, 66% are preventable at the community level. But what do doctors, nurses and dentists all want to work in? The more curative, the more, you know, the more uh, prestigious specialities. But this is where God's heart is. It's not that his heart is not the other areas. But we overlook this. And 58% are amongst the rural poor. Now, if you look at these statistics, this is not just reflective of Kenya. It's reflective of most of Africa. Am I correct, my brothers? Am I correct? Yeah. This is reflective of many areas of South Asia, India, Nepal, China. So then, and then there's something called the catastrophic health expenditure. Have you heard of this term, catastrophic health expenditure? Anyone? Okay, only one hand. Can you guess what catastrophic health expenditure could be? What do you think? What could be catastrophic health expenditure? Billions of dollars of COVID. <laughs> yes, that is a catastrophic health ex- expenditure for the nation. But for the individual? Could you read that out for us, brother? Healthcare payment that exceeds 10% of household resources or 40% of resources, net of food expenditures, is called catastrophic health expenditure. The impoverishing effect of CHE, catastrophic health expenditure, an increase in the poverty incidence and intensity after healthcare payments. In India, after one hospitalization, 30% 30% of the population, I mean, sorry, 13% of the population fall below the poverty line. Now, you may wonder this does not happen in America. But there is catastrophic health expenditure because many people who go through uh, illness do end up as not being able to pay the debt and they end up homeless. Am I correct? Is it true? That's a catastrophic health expenditure. So therefore, here, this is a picture. These are statistics. You look at them as statistics in a medical school or a nursing school. But these are realities. Why do do we bring these up in this sort of perspectives of missional engagement session one? These are the rising cries of any nation. That God hears. So therefore, if God were to appear to you in a burning bush, how would his conversation be with you regarding the cries of your country? How would he express the cries and how would you respond to his words? Now, this is one of the sessions we take, of one of the modules. But have you ever thought on these lines? God appears. The burning bush today are these statistics. Are these issues or issues that I place before you? Migration. 
internal migration and cross-border cross migration, issues of human trafficking, issues of poor development index, issues of catastrophic health care uh, expenditures. These are the rising cries. And this is the burning bush that God is talking to you about. And there are many other burning bushes. So in this course, in, in, this, in this session, say, okay, what are the other burning bushes that you could have? What are the other issues God cries about in your nation? And then when you look at it, how do you respond? What are some of the things, some of the ways you could respond? And this is just session one of module perspectives of missional engagement. Now what this course does is that it helps you think, reflect, and respond. And as you go through this eight days of, in, of work, of spending time with each other, hearing from, uh, from one another, going through these modules, we pray that you would have a new vision, you would develop a biblical worldview, you will be empowered to think strategically, and also you will think and live missionally. And that's the concluding learnings we want to have there. A few responses from, taken from some of the participants. Can you read one of it? Would you like to read one response? I have uh, my eyes open to the needs of my nation. Okay. Would you like to read that next one? Yeah. Do you know that God has a preferential bias? God cannot have a bias, but he has a preferential bias. You read that in Leviticus 25, you read that in Deuteronomy, you read that in different portions of scripture, how God reaches out to the widow, the fatherless, the alien. He does. He does have a preferential bias. He chooses to have that bias, not ignoring the others. But he places a greater preference. And that's what I, we termed it. This a few of our, our friends of ours, we got together and termed this coin, preferential bias of God. It sounds blasphemous, but it is not. Okay. Now, next one. Yes, my brother, my friend. Your classroom. You do not become, you do not go on missions Looking over into the horizon, the future, it begins right now where you are. Right? Am I correct? Yes. So as they go through this course, as they leave, some of them are in their final years. And they say, in the final year, I will start to live on mission for God. I will use what I've learned to apply in my new life as a member of this hostel. Next. Would you like to read that, Valerie? The next one. Yes. You might have chosen to decided to be a missionary before you became a, a medical student, but the, the the pressure and the demands of the medical uh, studies, you know, might have dimmed that vision. But it's once again to re- re- revive that and say, I know my mission is the mission of God. Yes. Who, uh, who would like to? Would you like to read that last one? His mission will be the mission of my life, not my ambitions. 
we all have ambitions but what is should and ought to be our ambition is the mission of god so these are some of the responses that the students who went through this course had at the end of session 1 and they journal all this so by the time they leave they've got a whole so- list of things that god has spoken to them and then we engage further with that okay i end up here any questions Yes. Pastor, where and when are these classes held and are they usually uh, for medical students? No, these are, uh, this is primarily focused on the whole spectrum, set, all the sectors of healthcare. And it is, it's uh, these programs, one, we need to have enough number of participants. And if there's a certain, you know, a region of the, of the country or a certain med school or groups of um, healthcare groups, Uh, institutions they have 20 to 25 students we can ha- hold it at any time it's not held in terms of you know it's in this period or that period if you have a cohort of student, students we will, we can have it and it can ha- be held anywhere it can be held in ecuador can be held in nigeria in fact nigeria has this course now uh, not through capro through cmda yeah they've called the college the institute of medical missions Uh, and i can connect you with the people there dr chima chima is there yeah, yeah and dr what's his name uh, today i've got a mental block of names but his name is uh, i'll get, get back to me okay and there's one francis kashimawe yeah kashimawe is with uh, he we do the partnering yeah yes we haven't done that as of yet but i think that's slowly coming up yeah yeah no see the thing was when we did this as a pilot phase so as i said the this is take this is a revised program of a of a course that i uh, directed for 10 years uh, before i left uh, moved on to start this organization and uh, this this program uh, we've had varied numbers Uh, attend this program and uh, but it was all in english uh, but now we went to uh, uh, kenya rwanda and uh, and uh, uganda there the language is english and so it's not a, been a problem and one of the things we thought is because most of them are in the healthcare uh, uh, context they do learn it in english you know anywhere you go most of the the education is in unless you are in germany or in, or in or in china how's it in ecuador it's spanish here yeah. so if you go to those areas we might have to translate it in that language thank you for telling us even challenging us uh, we need we need to translate it as as it grows in its reach and and it's uh, you know broad basing we will definitely have to try why did he ask that question which language are you thinking of i am from india Yeah so yeah but if you look at the medical studies nursing studies and other you know professional studies it's all in english so we thought it will help them also to learn and think any other questions how's thought about its implication and if we are want to empower churches or some people they're not exposed but they can still take these ideas and 
Yeah, yesterday also in this, when, when I did this, this is the same question. And we look at it two ways. One is the way you, the approach that you are seeking for is to, you know, to tailor it to a church context. The second one would be, you know, you look at any, any church anywhere, there will be at least four or five healthcare professionals within that church. And this would be good for them if they can collaborate with other churches within the city or the region and bring more healthcare workers together. Anyone else? So, yeah, so, what was your, what motivated you to start this? I mean, you talked about COVID and all that. But what would you say was the, how did it, how did it come up? I mean, being a dentist, working in a mission hospital for so many years. What were were the seeds that? Yeah, uh, okay, that's very interesting. And I thank you for asking that question. When I was in this mission hospital, and uh, uh, I was part of the group that developed the initial program. And the, thought, and the reason was when, when we looked back and studied uh, historically what has happened is all the many, many uh, um, uh, medical institutions, you know, educational institutions, nursing colleges, dental colleges, and medical colleges had fellowship groups. But, and there were young people excited about their walk with God, full on for serving God. But once they left medical school or dental school, we couldn't find them anywhere. And so it was that then caused us to come together as a group of, there were about 27 doctors and nurses and uh, a couple of uh, pharmacists who got together and said, we've got to develop a program that as they go through their, edu- their, their studies, they're put through this program. And why did Nigeria come on board was uh, when one of those who went through this course went as a faculty for a, a CME program, went to Nigeria at, in Abuja, they were talking to the CMD in Nigeria, CMD in Nigeria, and they said, there is this program that we are doing and of which 35 to 40 percent who attend this program end up in in missions, in mission hospitals, and the others who go for, who, who go through this program, their whole perspective has changed. So that's how Francis and uh, Asimoto, Asimota, Asimata, yeah, yeah, and Owasi Asimata and another person came and they they participated in the in one of our programs. Then we gave all the materials to them. And they went back and started this in Nigeria. Now what we've done is we've, we've now revised it and made it a bit more contextual and more current. And that's what when we are rolling, it out, rolling out. We've done it in Nigeria, I mean in Uganda, Rwanda, and, uh, and Kenya. We've also started partnering with churches. So brother, if you, we, we, are now start, we, we are rolling out this program in the Watoto Church in Kampala. And also with the, with the Methodist Church in Ghana. The Methodist Church has a very big uh, medical health care system and, and a group and, and, a, and, a, and doctors and dentists and nurses all are part of a huge community called the medical, um, Methodist Mission Medical System. So we are rolling out this program there. Uh, I'm, we are in conversation with a group in, uh, with a church in um, Ethiopia where I grew up. And they want to use this to reach out to their healthcare community. So this is what we are looking at. Uh, Francis is right now in Nigeria, and 
he, he is, he, I'll, I'll tell him that I met you guys. Any other questions? Yes, you've got the website. I'll give you details of... Uh, So this is a website. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, I'm sorry, what, what did you say was your, uh, your booth number like, in the exhibit hall? Uh, what did you say was your like, booth number? In the 1309. So if you're over, what's the time right now? 2.02. Okay. I overshot by two minutes. Sorry. <laughs>